Hey there guys and welcome to the This Life Podcast. Episode 4. Yeah, <laughs> I know every episode I'm like, yo, it's crazy. Because it is crazy. Like, this has been something I've been wanting to do for so long and it's crazy. But welcome to episode 4 of the This Life Podcast. I can't believe it. One more episode and then we're halfway to episode 10. 10 episodes. Yo, that's crazy. I do remember that I, I kind of set a goal for myself which was that I think at 10 episodes, I wanted to try and start featuring guests or get people on. And what I wanted to do was for the first 10, just for the podcast to be solo and just have myself conduct it just to get like kind of practice more of talking off the cuff and kind of have more structure when I talk because I kind of just go off and I literally talk in like a swarm. <laughs> Nothing makes sense. And this is good practice for me. So yeah, but I mean, I'll just have to see what goes on with Corona and all of that and then take it from there. But otherwise quite an interesting time now um we have no power <laughs> so i'm chilling in my room thankfully my macbook has battery i got my phone light next to me to kind of illuminate my area that i'm chilling in so i can just read my notes that i've got to kind of keep the structure going and if you can hear it i don't know if you will but i'll probably i'll just say in case you can hear it in case you're wondering what it is i've got like my gas heater on so if you can hear a little bit of like a noise it's probably that thing in the background creating some warmth but ah uh, you probably won't hear it I want to say I'm a wizard in post, but I'm not a wizard in post. <laughs> so I'll just manage to take that out and hopefully everything will be cool. But it's a nice chilled evening. Actually, it's been raining this evening. It's very nice. It's very, very dark outside because it's like fully overcast. But I'm actually pretty relaxed. I was just chilling inside by the fire. Um, and now I've come over to record this episode before I head off to bed while there's no power. So I was like, this is the perfect time to record the episode. It's just completely still. It's completely quiet. So I said this would be the perfect time to record the episode. So otherwise, I hope your week has been going well. Hope your weekend is going well and you're all doing good. And I really hope you're all right. And today, I just want to start off with the story from this week, which was that I think I'm finally adopting a good balance with my work and with my life and creating a decent balance for my work. And it's, it's very interesting. I'm allowing myself more free time to relax within the evenings. And it's, it's been actually very nice. And it came through because I've still kind of been burnt out. I know, I think last episode I spoke about a creative rut. I know what you can do to get out of it and finding motivation. And um, I sometimes struggle to follow my own advice, which is that literally take a break because I haven't been. But I'm really happy that I've been incorporating a really nice balance. And it's mostly been around about in the evenings and that I try and I'm trying now I think today was the second day I've done it where I shut off around six and I'm done which is really nice and then I relax for the rest of the evening um and I just try create a point where which is actually what I've been doing is if I feel like not doing the work and I'm really 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 not motivated I just try to do a little bit at a time and take like quick five minute breaks and it's actually been helping a lot but it's been amazing I mean I've been feeling incredibly burnt out and forcing the creativity is not working and I'm not happy with the stuff I'm making so I'm like you know what take some time off relax and I've decided that this Sunday for me is going to be like a full detox Sunday. I'm the Sunday coming. And what I'm going to do is like switch off all technology, phone, laptop, everything's going to be switched off. And funny enough, the Sunday that I'm taking off is the day you're listening to this podcast, some bit of inception. Um, and you'll be listening to this episode. And that day I'm going to be off devices the whole day, like no TV, no computer, nothing. I'm just going to be like complete detox. So I'm really excited for that. 
And yeah, I mean, it's been great taking this break. And if I was to recommend onto you, and I'd be like, if you can try and take evenings off, it is very, very nice. I mean, if you're someone that gets up decently early, like six, seven, or however early you get up, you're up, you're up early, you're working early, it'd be nice to relax early. So I think that would be my advice onto you. Um, let's just take evenings off. And then all of that's very interesting. It actually segues us into today's um, topic. It was funny, in my notes, I've wrote today's video. <laughs> <laughs> but it's actually the topic of this podcast episode, which is, I, I don't know what I'll title this. I'm sure I've titled it, so you kind of understand what it's going to be about. But for me now, I haven't really assigned a title. But I'd like to discuss the whole idea of the starving artist, this whole idea of a starving artist. So it's really interesting. And the idea of a starving artist for me is that artists don't really talk about money. And it's like, why don't artists talk about money and i'll obviously dive more into that in this episode but for me i just think it's so interesting like how we always know like yo this this oak earns this much money this um computer scientist this much money this game developers make this much and we always know like your doctor makes bank lawyers make bank but no one's talking about artists about creatives and about them and how much bank they're making and it's very interesting because i recently saw a video well not recently i've watched it quite a while back it's called um, Starving Artists Don't Exist by Tom Noski. I highly recommend giving it a watch on YouTube if you're a creative. It's a really amazing video. It's a beautiful cinematography. Highly recommend it if you want to just watch it. Even if you not even don't like understand the whole Starving Artist concept, I highly recommend just giving it a watch. It's still a brilliant, brilliant video. And then within that, he said that um, if you're an artist, you're either two things. Either you're struggling or you're a sellout. And I'm just like, that is so intense because for me it's it's super intense because if if people who don't artists who don't have money um act like it means nothing to them but those who do shy away from it i'm just like why are artists when they're not making money considered struggling and why are artists and creatives when they are successful considered sellouts it's weird how that person that hard-working individual who's managed to monetize their work who has been lucky enough fortunate enough hard-working enough to make a living out of their work i think that's absolutely incredible but yet society is labeling them as a sellout and yet someone who's building their business getting their creativity getting their art and trying to monetize it is seen as struggling why why are they not being seen as someone who's making it to success someone who's going there I'm, I'm just kind of shocked by this whole idea. Why do these things, why does society have these concepts of a starving artist? Why do these ideals even exist? And it's something that I want to kind of dive into a bit more today is why do we see start an artist as either struggling or a sellout? Why can't we just be like successful, like a successful lawyer or a successful doctor? Like you don't say, oh, this doctor's a sellout or this doctor is, is struggling. You, you say, you're always making it. He's just come out. He's 20 odd. He's kind of getting going, getting his practice going. And that's something I want to talk about today. And I think the biggest thing, I think I have to discuss this when talking about starving artists and creativity is why is it that artists are expected to work for free? Like my mind is so boggled by this. Like we, like we as creatives and artists are sometimes expe expected to just work for some noble cause. Like what is this rubbish <laughs> like you know like this individual like us as well like us individuals work tirelessly to perfect our craft to learn new skills to we continuously learning our, our skills are continuously developing as creatives there's so much for us to learn and do 
and yet we're expected to work for free and it's just like what and i'm like why why is i've never understood this concept and it's like we see people who manage to monetize their art as money hungry and a sellout but yet when you work for free you are seen as like noble and admirable i'm sorry what <laughs> this is like it's such a rant topic for me like i'm i will be a bit ranty but like it's just it's insane it's i mean especially now i mean i'm not going to i'm just going to say this that let me just preface this really quickly is i'm not fully against free work now hold on let me explain so I'm not fully against free work. I'm all for you as a creative reaching out to people and say, look, I don't mind taking some photos for you for free. I don't mind doing this for free or and try and get your name out there by doing some of that work for free. But what I don't agree with is how people expect creatives to work for free. Oh, you can just slap this logo together. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. I'm sitting there like, what? <laughs> if you know what I mean? It's like, oh, no, you can quickly like take a few photos. It's fine. It's nothing. I'm like, fam. <laughs> but it's like, it's really intense, like how people just expect creatives to work for free and it's it's really crazy because if we look at like plumbers lawyers doctors like even plumbers for example electricians engineers they don't work for free so why should why should creatives why should artists and it was very interesting as our lecturer was discussing something with us today and we discussed this idea of a starving artist and one thing he said which i found quite nice and interesting for him to say is he said if a pipe bursts in your house and you phone a plumber before the plumber even arrives at your house, he charges a thousand rand call-out fee just to get him to your house. So I'm thinking, oh my God, that's insane. And then he said, imagine as a creative, you charge someone a thousand rand before you even handed them their first draft just to say, look, this is my call-out fee or this is my this fee and that. They would completely lose their mind. They'd be like, oh my God, you're absolutely ridiculous. No ways, I'm not paying that. Um, and it's like, why? But if you go to a doctor for just a consultation, he won't give you that consultation for free. Like I'm sure you've all been to doctors. We walk into there and just by walking into that doctor's room, we know that's a few hundred rand, if not a thousand rand gone, just from standing in there to hear their knowledge. And for me, it's like creators also have knowledge. We learn so much about, like I won't go into it, but we learn so much about how ads work, how color works, how why designs work, why something you want to make will work. So if a client approaches me and says, look, I want to take a photograph of this mountain uh, and, and I want the concept to be XYZ. How do I make it happen? Us as the creatives will have the knowledge to know how to turn their concept into a real thing, into a visual, into something that can have an impact, that can do something. And we as artists and as creatives develop this ability to deliver more than just like a photograph or a video or design. We learn how to deliver a feeling. And I find that that is so powerful. We can put emotive meanings behind our work. And I find that that is so important. And this idea of us being expected to work for free is like, I don't agree with the idea of creatives being expected to work for free. Like we work tirelessly. We work late, late, late hours. We hustle, we grind, we make incredible pieces of work. And people are like, oh no, it's easy. And it's like, no, like we are just like any other human being doing any other job trying to be successful trying to be happy trying to make a living and how do you expect us to make a living from this if people don't pay us how do you expect us to keep doing what you're doing how do you expect us to keep making great work and it was very interesting our, our lecturer again the same lecturer who's a photographer and he charges a certain amount and he went to a client and she wanted all of the stuff done because she does beauty photography and she wanted all the stuff done and he says cool it's going to be x amount of money and she was like, oh my God, no, that's ridiculous. I'm not paying that. And then she was trying to bargain him and he was like, okay, cool, I'm walking. That's my price. That's what I'm worth. That's 
how after so many years of being in the industry, I've developed a lot of skills. I've gathered a lot of equipment. I spend a lot of hours doing what I do. And thus, that's my price. And he walked away. And I was like, that's extremely admirable. And that's so powerful. And that sets a mood, you know? And it's just like, that's incredible. And though another really amazing quote that I love is, I may get it wrong. So please don't hold me on this, but I may get it wrong. Is let's say you hire someone to perform a specific task. And the task like is very intense or whatever and they arrive and they do the task that you wanted them to do or to fix the thing they want to fix and it takes them 10 minutes and you're like oh 10 minutes it was easy and then the guy says cool that'll be a thousand dollars or like ten thousand rand and you're like oh what you were here for 10 minutes and the guy will be like yeah but it took me 20 years to be able to do it in 10 minutes you're not paying for the 10 minutes you're paying for 20 years of experience and knowledge and i'm like that is incredible like that is so powerful that concept right there but again that may not apply to some of us now fresh out of college developing new skills and that's again why i feel that experience yes plays a part but your skills and your work and your abilities that for me is also all contributes to this all contributes to what you charge in the day and all of that i feel like i've gone way way tangent right now and if I was to go back to that, and I know I discussed a lot about lawyers and doctors and engineers, but I want to say is that there's an interesting belief within our society, and I don't know if it's probably not that big anymore, but there, there was this belief, or maybe there is, but it's very minority, is that art and creativity aren't regarded as real careers. And I say real in like inverted commas, and they're not regarded as real careers or jobs. Why does our society have that mentality? Like I've never understood it. It's, it's We are the same as any other job, we are the same as any other industry. We are people working, learning, striving to be better and to create and to make awesome pieces of work. And it's sometimes regarded as not a real job. And I even remember, I'll get into it more later. I even remember like growing up like within schools and that like you'll never, you even see the oaks that do art as a subject, oaks that do art, like you know what I mean? And you look at them and you go, oh, they're just doing that as a hobby. That won't get them a real job. Even I had that mentality in high school. I won't lie. Like I would see the Oaks doing art and I saw art. Your Oaks did art, must have dropped out of physics or something to go do art because it's their like chilled secondary subject. And I won't lie. That was my mentality in high school. And I won't lie. That's how I thought because that belief and that ideal was programmed into me by how my, by my upbringing, by school, by everything. And it's like, why are they, these creative careers not regarded as real jobs sometimes? And it's mainly in my youth. I mean, especially, I'm going to go into this all in a minute, though. I feel like I'm going to expose the whole episode before I even get into it. So I will get into that. And again, back to the real jobs and the careers idea is, why are we praising this idea of nine to five? I mean, I know it's not that much now within my generation. Shout out to all the homies. I actually want to speak about something, which is that I can see all my homies, all my friends, all these people that I know are starting their own little businesses, little side brands, little hustles. And I think that's like absolutely amazing. That's so awesome. It's so amazing to see other people getting on the grind, getting on the hustle, making these insane things. Shout out to you if you've started something during this Corona time and during this lockdown. Shout out to you. It's incredible that you're grinding and doing some awesome things and making cool stuff. I think it's just amazing. And I want to say it's quite interesting that this is happening during lockdown and 
one of my things that I was talking about with a mate of mine was that we both think that, you know, maybe people are finding their passions. Maybe people are finding what they love doing. Maybe people are realizing that there's more to life than they, you know what I mean? Like study, finish your study, go get your degree, then finish your degree and then go get an all job. People are now saying that, yo, I can start side hustles on Instagram. I can start an online internet business. I can become an influencer. I can do X, Y, Z and all these amazing things online. And I think it's so incredible because some people are finding their passions. Maybe they're like, oh my word, I never realized how much I love plants. I'm gonna start selling plants on Instagram, like, or something along those lines. Very random example, I just thought of a plant, but yeah, if you know what I mean. And I'm like, that's so awesome. Like, I just think that's amazing. Shout out to all of you guys. But if I was to go back to this idea of the nine to five and these real jobs, and it's so interesting how creativity and art are regarded as hey, that's not an option if you creative or you whatever that's not an option because and i think this idea of it being not an option has come up through schools through the system through this uh, educational system and sometimes even through our own families like i just it, it's crazy like how a creativity is not considered an option and we must do the work what the fuck does that even mean do the work i'm sorry i just swore i gave it up <laughs> like do the work. What does that even mean? Because I remember growing up, like this whole idea of me doing something creative, because I used to be very creative when I was younger. And a lot of that was shut down because it, not by my family, but by the institution and the school. And they'd be like, no, you can't be doodling. What what cuck is that going to do? You must do your work. There's work that you need to do. Oh, no, you can't be drawing comics. You need to be doing the whatever, the comprehension or the maths or whatever. And it was this idea of creativity not being an option. And that this, again, this is why I want to go back to this belief of starving artists and creatives. And it all stems down to our society and down to our systems and our schools and sometimes our families, not necessarily all the time, but sometimes or whatever, in the sense that creativity and art are not regarded as an option, as a job, and we must do the work. But creativity and all of that and art can be work it can become a job maybe it's not seen as work because you're like oh you're just doodling or oh you're just taking a photo like that 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 for us is our jobs that's our work um some of us may not regard it as work because we love it so much and because it's fun and because it's awesome and we generally love what we do but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be regarded as a career um and even like if i was to go back to schools and i personally think that schools kill creativity and this is coming from someone who worked very, very hard in school. Like I, like your, it was bad. <laughs> um, although I did, was very happy with my final results. Um, I look back on it now and I'm just like, yeah, like been there, done that, like whatever. Then the main thing I remember from school wasn't the reports, wasn't the exams, wasn't the tests. What I remember was the memories made with the homies, with, with the hostel boykies, with the lads, that's what I remember. Like all the jaws we did, all the awesome stuff we got off to, that's what I mainly remember. I don't remember the afternoons I spent studying or that stupid test or that stupid exam or that rubbish project. I don't remember any of that. Um, and I, to be honest, I'm completely against the school system. I don't agree with it. I, I don't. I believe there's new ways to do it. The school system is so, so heavily outdated. It's ancient and we still praise this idea of the system. And an interesting thing is even now, like I look at the idea of, I don't know if you heard of Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform. By the way, this podcast is sponsored. Now I'm joking. <laughs> Imagine I'm just like, this podcast was sponsored by Skillshare. <laughs> Disclaimer, it's not sponsored. 
but Skillshare, just if you're listening, please sponsor me. Um, anyway, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but Skillshare is an online learning platform, which is brilliant, has courses on everything you need. And then something like that and LinkedIn learning as well, same thing, like even YouTube, like I learned so much from looking at YouTube tutorials. And I'm just like, there's a new age of learning. And this whole idea of the school system is so outdated. I just personally, I don't agree with it. Um, especially with how it kills creativity. You are not, you are not asked or required to or be able to kind of flex your creative muscles or be outside the box within school. You're just not. Like I, that may just be my perspective and my experience. Again, disclaimer: this podcast is only spoken from my perspective, my experiences, but. It's just that you're not. There's like there's there's always just a find way of doing things. You have to do things this way, and it has to be done this way. And this is what you need to do, and you need to work. And if you want to become an engineer, you have to do AP math, and you have to do physics. If you want to go to business, you have to do ecos. And like that for me is the biggest pile of rubbish. Like you can do what you want to do. If you want to start a business, I mean, most businessmen didn't even have don't even have high school reports. Like those oaks dropped out, and they're the most successful people ever because they learned along the way. They were so passionate about it that they learned it. And there's an interesting thing which even in Alan Watts speaks about in the idea of one of his talks. And the talk is based around um, what do you desire? And within that, he speaks about how we arrive at the end of all of this. We arrive at the end of our college and of our high school. And we don't know what we want to do. And for me, if that doesn't prove the faults in the system, then I don't know what will. Like, you arrive at the end of your school or your college or your university and you're like, ah, well, what do I do now? And Alan Watts talks about how people his students often used to say to him back in the day they used to be like we'd like to be painters we'd like to be poets we'd like to be writers but as everybody knows you can't earn any money that way and then he says to them he's like well what do you want to do when we finally get down to something which the individual says he really wants to do i will say to him you do that and forget the money if you say that getting the money is the most important thing you will spend your life completely wasting your time. You'll be doing things you don't like doing in order to go on living, that is to go on doing things you don't like doing, which is stupid. Therefore, it's absolutely stupid to spend your time, spend your life completely wasting your time. And it goes on and on and on. And basically the bottom line of the, of the talk is that you have to ask yourself, what do you desire? And within that, I want to say is, why do they say we'd like to be painters, we'd like to be poets, we'd like to be writers, we'd like to be creatives, we'd like to be artists, but as everybody knows, you can't earn any money that way. And I looked at that and immediately thought, that right there is the ideal and the belief within our society that creatives can't earn money or any of that. And that just like, it's not a real job and it's not stable and it's not an option. I just, no, for me that that's not, that's not real. But the thing is, us as creatives, we love what we do. It is what we desire. This is what makes us happy. We can make this a career. And especially nowadays with advertising and the internet and influencers and YouTube and Instagram, the the world is going creative. The world's going online. The world is needing creative people. Starting a business is creative. Being an entrepreneur, I think, is creative. Like, there are so many ways to be creative that are considered creatives and artists. And I just think that us as creatives, we our careers are real they are very very real and i will elaborate on that a bit later but us as creatives our careers are real our dreams are real and this is what we desire to just make awesome pieces of work whether it's 
the interior design of a building, whether it's designing the building itself, whether it's taking photographs of landscapes, editing videos of insane things, whatever it may be, making websites, graphic designs, logos, paintings, drawings, animation, I couldn't even list everything. And this is what we love, this is what we desire, and this is what we enjoy. And for us, the system that we come from, the school, doesn't praise this idea of happiness, of fulfillment, and all of that, it praises the idea of a real sustainable job with some money and, ah, but anyway. So now I think um, I want to kind of talk about, because I think this I've, I've just been building up to the idea of kind of telling my own story and journey of how I've kind of got to this point in my life now and how I grew up, like I said, being in high school and being like, oh, artists don't make any money. These oaks that do art to drop out and me kind of working hard in, in school and all of this to arrive where I'm now where I'm like the system is rubbish and I'm a full-blown creative now and hopefully some of you can relate to the story and connect to it and I think this creative journey or the story kind of goes all the way back to when I was young 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 like absolutely tiny and I used to carry around these books with me and in these books I used to draw anything I used to draw drawings characters scenery shapes machines anything I would draw absolutely anything and I used to carry these books with me everywhere. We would go out to restaurants, I was at home, I would be drawing so much. And I used to doodle and draw all the time. And these things that I used to draw were like so creative. Like they would, I look at them now because I've still got them. And I'm like, wow, like this stuff is awesome. Like I can't believe that I came up with this idea and these concepts. It's just, it's really, really cool. And I always look at it and I'm like, oh my word, this is awesome. And it's just like, I was so free. I would just draw and it would I would just flow and I was free and I, I really really loved it and I'm like that that was just so amazing and how all these characters and little scenes and like landscapes and stuff that I would draw I look at them now and then I realize that within each character within each drawing there was a story that I gave each drawing in my own head so like I'd draw a character and I'd be like, this character's called this person. He works for this special agency and does these missions and this, this, this. And I'd give every drawing a backstory. And I'm like, that for me was so incredible. That was just so creative. And then when I went off to prep school and primary school, there were some shenanigans with regards to my drawing and my creativity and my expressive ability and me expressing myself. And I used to draw a lot um, within like cloths and within breaks. I used to draw a lot. So I remember in prep school, we used to get work to do and I'd quickly just scribble the work and finish it and then take out my sketchbook and start drawing random things. Like I used to draw a lot of like battles happening, like space battles, like giant spaceships fighting each other. Or I'd draw like landscapes and have like tanks and armies fighting. It would be like super, super cool. And it would be like if you were to look at this battle and just take a freeze frame, those would be my drawings. And those are always super cool. And I'd have like a whole story there. And I was kind of shot down by my prep school. They were like, no, 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 you can't draw. You must do the work. There's work for you to do. You have to write out the word work in cursive 50 times because this was like grade two and three where you were like learning how to spell and learning how to write cursive and all that rubbish. And they were like, no, 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 you can't do this. You have to do the work. And I remember getting shut down quite a lot to the point where like my teachers would even say like, I'm weird and I don't want to learn and I can't learn and I can't be taught because all I want to do is be creative. Like this for me was the biggest thing. And it led to the point where at break times, me and my friends used to make up the most insane games. We used to come up with all these insane universes and worlds and play within them at break time. And it got like even to a point where um, the school that I was at at the time said, no, I need a child therapist because I'm too weird 
And I'm, I just remember like thinking now, like that was the biggest load of absolute nonsense. Um, they were like, yeah, yeah, he's a bit, uh, he's a bit uh, dysfunctional. He can't learn. He can't play properly. Yeah, he needs to go to therapy. I'm like, what? Like now I look back on it and it's just like, I was outside of the box that the school wanted to put me in. And me and my mates actually had a conversation because I'm still friends with him now. And he was at the school when I was there in like grade three. And we kind of spoke about it. And we remember the time that this very school banned imagination games. Yes, this school banned imagination games. So if you're running around in like the field playing a game with your mates, like let's say you're pretending to be knights and you're running around in like a knight kingdom and you're like, yo, we are knights and we're battling dragons and all that. They'd come at you and be like, no, stop. And you'd be like, what? And she's like, no, you, you can't play this game. It's too violent. You, it's, it's destructive. And we're sitting there going, what? And we're like nine years old and we're being told we can't go to our own imaginative worlds and be imaginative and be creative. No, we can't. It's, it's, we can't do it anymore. And I remember the one distinctive thing was me and my friends were playing on this hill and we were like a group of us and we were pretending to be these superheroes like battling up this mountain to go like fight some supervillain and we were going and we were like flying, pretending to fly and all this. I remember we were going ham and this teacher like screamed at us from the bottom of the hill saying, you can't do that. Like having a whole mental breakdown about how we were being creative and being in our imaginative world. And I was just like, what? It was just very intense. Even think back to it now, it makes me really, really sad. And so that was that story. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I wasn't allowed to really draw, I wasn't allowed to be creative there. My creativity there was completely shut down in all aspects. It was very, very intense. But eventually, thankfully, though, my parents made me move schools. Thanks, mom, dad. <laughs> they uh, moved schools to a different school. And within the school, I kind of was a bit more creative. I used to draw only when I finished the work. I'd do the work a bit more properly, though, because it had been instilled in me that I couldn't be creative and I couldn't have fun and I'd have to do the work. So that was instilled in me. Um, but, yeah, I was still a bit creative at the time. I remember drawing a lot of comics at break time. Um, with my friend I mean him would sit down and draw comics and it was really cool and now I think back about it and it's like maybe I was meant to be a storyteller and a filmmaker after all since I loved I literally drew storyboards because <laughs> I would draw comics and I even remember this one thing that happened this was back in like grade three we had a day where we had to bring board games and I remember everyone would bring a board game and everyone would play board games the whole day and I remember I forgot my board game at home. So I arrived there and everyone's got board games. They're like, oh, what board game did you bring? And I'm sitting there going, oh God, I don't have a board game. What am I going to do? And then I did something that today even surprises me. I drew my own board game. I took two pieces of A4 paper. I glued them together. I drew a board game. I gave it trees and mountains. And I drew this whole board game. And I made up rules. And it was on those board games where like, if you move six blocks, and on the sixth block, there'd be like a hole and your character would fall through and die and you'd have to restart. But if you rolled five, you'd stop before the hole and that would be important. So I wanted the dice to kind of not just move you along, but to kind of have the numbers would determine if you die or restart or whatever. And it was really insane. And the eraser that we had would be the dice. And we and I remember that my board game became so popular amongst all my friends that they all just left their board games and we just all played the, this board game that I made up. And it set a trend amongst my friends and all of us were drawing board games and making up board games and ideas and little games that you could just play with a piece of eraser and pencil and some characters that you draw and cut out and it was incredible this was at my old school but my new school it was still a bit better i was allowed to be a bit more creative there was more freedom i will give this new school that i won't mention them but it was still kind of shot down so kind of limited it was a concept of no you can't draw you can't doodle you've got to do the work do the work and i used to be creative at break time and 
I remember with my mates, we'd make up all these games. Like I think this was like in grade four and five is we used to make up all these games with like rocks and sticks and create like all these interesting characters and stories. And it was just, I remember because you weren't allowed to bring toys to school. I think that was quite a thing. I remember that being a thing. I don't I don't know exactly and I remember we used to just make up our own toys and stories and we used to create like board games and like all these interesting games with rocks and sticks and it was just like super awesome and um but over time however though it was quite sad is my creativity just ended up dwindling and dwindling and dwindling and then soon to the point where I didn't regard myself as someone that was creative and imaginative anymore and it was very very sad and I even remember a job shadowing adventure that I went on at the end of grade seven. We were required to do a job shadowing project. And I job shadowed my sister, who's in, who was at the time a graphic designer and art director. She's now quite a big creative director. Like I said, she runs um, that Freelance Life podcast, which you can check out here on Spotify. Or if you listen to Apple Music, I'm, I'm sure they're on that podcast platform as well. But I don't know about Google Podcasts. You have to double check. Um, but I went job shadowing. I job shadowed her in grade seven. And she was a graphic designer and art director at the time. And I went there. And it was the most incredible thing being at her studio with all with she was employed at the time but i went there and i had there was a whole like went to her, went with her to her job for like i think two days or something and it was the most incredible experience and i just remember my creativity being ignited again and i was like oh my word this is insane and i originally went into the job shadowing project like that project wanting to be a lawyer and i said oh i'll just job shadow my sister because it's easy and she's my sister and then I ended up going there and my creativity was like, I was like, yo, you know what? I'm actually destined to do something creative. I want to be a designer. I want to do something creative. Da, 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 da. But what actually happened was, is I remember thinking, wait a minute, I can't be a designer or a create or in that industry because they don't actually make a lot of money. It's not a real job. So immediately that kind of ideal, that idea was bestilled upon me, even at that age, at age 13, crazy. And then... I remember saying, you know what, no, actually, you know what, I want to be an architect because architects are still kind of creative, but they still make money. And it was really sad how I had that mentality. And that's kind of what I went into high school with. And by the time I went into high school, I had no imagination or creativity. It was completely broken and drained and it was quite sad. Um, and I remember I didn't draw anymore. I didn't back myself to draw anymore. I didn't think I was good at drawing anymore. I stopped doodling all these doodles and coming up with cool ideas and I just stopped. I was like, you know what? I don't have faith in myself to draw anymore. And I just didn't back myself to be creative or to draw. And it was very sad. It was, again, this idea of do the work. And in high school, that's why I worked so, so hard because it was just do the work, work, work. And I just was completely not creative in high school. All my creativity was gone. I didn't take any creative subjects. I didn't do anything creative. And that was where, again, I would look at the Oaks doing art and be like, oh, these Oaks dropped out of other subjects. That's why they're doing art, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And I'd see the amazing things that they would make and they'd make all these awesome things. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. If only they can make money from this. Yo, how I was so ignorant, how I did not understand this whole idea. But and then at the end of it, I arrived at the end of high school and I didn't know what to do. Uh, I did not want it to be an architect or what, because I was still kind of lost. My sole calling was to be a creative. And even from a young age, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I've always been wanting to do is be this creative and do something with my imagination and i sat there i was going all this time all this work all this effort and now what i don't know what to do but that brings us to where i am today and i just want to shout out my college inscape education group the college you guys absolutely amazing they are just a group of absolute creatives 
and they drive their students and we make such incredible things while I'm at this college. I've made the most incredible things. It's really reignited my fire of creativity and I've just gone absolutely ham. I've been doing so many photography, so many videos, animation, and it's like, it's been incredible. And that's kind of led me to where I am now and it's allowed me to rediscover my creativity and my imaginative spirits. And it's all there, it's all back again. And I'm even drawing again and doing doodles. And it's, it's so great to be back at like, feel more at my core and I've been going a bit on a journey recently of self-discovery and discovering myself who I am and something all of that stuff along those lines and it's been amazing especially now to be creative again and to start having fun again so I've had a few revelations recently after reflecting on my whole story that I've just told you and it's not just been suddenly I want to make a podcast episode about it it's that I've been thinking about it for quite a bit and I've decided that I want to talk about it to kind of share the revelations that I've made with you guys and kind of spread this on to others. But so basically what I wanted to say is that if you are doubting your path or your creativity, just know that that voice that's in the back of your head telling you that you can't do it, that voice was put there by someone else. That voice is not you. You must unleash your creativity, be absolutely you, be everything you've wanted to do and fully pursue whatever you want to do and want to be. Because even the famous artists, the biggest creatives, the people that you admire, all they had to do was silence that, was silence that voice in the back of their heads that was telling them they can't do it. They pursued what they wanted in life. They destroyed the idea of a starving artist and they went for it. They regarded what they did as real. A creative industry, a creative job is real. It is an incredible industry to get into there are so many amazing opportunities. For me, the creative industry and creative jobs are more real than your nine to five, your standard desk and office jobs. And I'd like to say that there is no such thing as a starving artist. There's just people. There are successful artists and everyone else who's trying to get there. And however else you want to define your success, that is up to you. And people will sometimes say that they don't classify creative or artistic jobs as real. Well, I think that they are more real and purposeful than most of the other jobs out there. We are creative beings. I personally believe that every single person on this planet can be creative. Like we are creative beings. We are problem solvers. And we have this mind that allows us to think outside the box. We must use it. We are creative beings and we have this incredible mind that can come up and make incredible things. And I'm so grateful that us as creatives are able to utilize this and make and do incredible things. I think it's just absolutely amazing. What's very interesting is People will say pursuing a career in the creative arts is risky. What I would say onto them is that risky is never knowing what could have been. Risky is living with regret. Risky is never trying. Risky is never knowing that you could have gotten so far. Risky is never pursuing your passion. Risky is never being happy with who you are or what you've done. Risky is living a life where you were born to be creative, but you never did. That for me is, yo, I just want to say that's the rant. Rant over. Drop mic. Poof. <laughs> I'm really sorry. I had to go on that rant because this is something that I'm really passionate about and something that has really impacted me after having my creativity squandered for so long to have it finally come alive again. It's just absolutely incredible. And I just want to say on that to my fellow creatives, to my creative people, to my dreamers, my, up, my upcoming creatives, my young, my old, or even the established, whether you have being shot down or pushed up, I say unto you, keep dreaming.
because that is what we have to do against all odds because no matter what happens your dreams will always be yours and no one can ever take that away from you whatever your dreams are no matter the situation dire good great they will always be your dreams no one can take them away from you keep the keep the fire on them keep your head out high and i like to say is keep your head in the clouds or your feet firmly on the ground and i believe that's actually a quote but i just want to say is that don't let them bring you down keep your head in the clouds keep your feet on the ground and don't let them bring you down and i think that's what i'd like to say and to round up this episode because we're actually going up to 45 minutes i think this is the longest episode ever maybe i've cut it down again because i did stutter as usual <laughs> make my normal speech problems what i say is what we've spoken about today is we've just touched on the idea of creativity and um the starving artist which is i think is i i still want to say what i said earlier there's no such thing as a starving artist there's just people trying to make something of themselves doing whatever they love to do and i think that's that's it you know we've spoken about my own creative journey which i hope resonates with some of you and it's it's really insane and i know i'm not the only one who's kind of had my creativity squandered upon and frowned upon in the system and in the schools and that and i even remember i I know i didn't touch on this during the story but my family was always supportive during all of this and they'd always let me draw and tell me to draw and always comment on all the awesome things i made so i even with them telling me the whole time josh like you're really creative you should really do something cool or why didn't you know why aren't you doing art as a subject oh you should you're really cool at that and it was just because i'd been completely my creativity completely dwindled and i've constantly been told it's not an option but here's the thing it's the would have it's the best option for me and it's the best thing i've ever done is to pursue something in the creative arts and it's i'm so so excited for what the future holds i know i briefly touched on this but i just want to touch on it again before i head off and that is that happiness should always and will ever for me come before money and the schools and the system will always preach that it is you need money and you need a stable job i'm doing handy hand apostrophes which you can't see <laughs> a stable job and it's like what even is stable like i swear like what <laughs> anyway you know how it goes it's all about happiness and it's just about loving what you do and i know that there are so many creatives i know i've met them at my college i've met them online seen them on instagram i know all of you homies and you guys are happy you love what you're doing you grind you make the most incredible work i'm like this is to every single person that i've met that's creative your work is so incredible you make the most insane shit and sometimes i'm so envious of what people can make but then i use that to get better and to make even more stuff and that's just i think that's absolutely incredible we live in such an amazing community as creatives and we promote happiness and i think that's just awesome so i'd i'd like to end off here guys by saying um thank you so much for listening to the podcast episode hopefully you've enjoyed it and sorry if i went on a rant on a tangent um but yeah i think this is i just had to get it off my chest and i wanted to say um if you really enjoyed the podcast um you can rate it accordingly however you deem fit um, and I'd like to thank you for tuning into the podcast episode. And if you really enjoyed this episode, I'd like you to kind of message me on my Instagram and kind of say what you enjoyed about this episode. Um, if you enjoyed it, you can say, oh, I really like this part. I really like when you spoke about this or any feedback you'd like to give. And I'd show a podcast some love on any platform that you're watching it on. And with that, I want to wish you a fantastic day, morning, evening, weekend, week ahead. Whenever you listen to this, have a fantastic time. And until next week Sunday, much love.